Welcome to the Election Ride Home for Thursday, December 19th, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Higgins, with a summary of election news. Today, the impeachment update, what to expect at the debate tonight, another Republican retires from Congress but probably has a nice new job lined up, an update on Castro in Vermont, and a tidbit about each candidate we will see at tonight's debate. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. First up today, the impeachment news in three minutes or less. Last night, President Trump was formally impeached. Both articles of impeachment were approved by the House. The vote went along party lines with just a few exceptions. Democrats Jeff Van Drew and Colin Peterson voted against both articles. And Tulsi Gabbard voted present, which is neither a yes or a no. This lines up with her previous introduction of a resolution calling for censure of President Trump rather than impeachment. The debate leading up to the vote was exactly what you'd expect. As we've seen throughout the House proceedings, the two parties seemed to be operating on completely different sets of facts, and each side thought their facts were right. One surprising move was that Speaker Pelosi did not immediately appoint impeachment managers. That move would trigger sending the articles of impeachment to the Senate. So, that move has not been taken, and Pelosi suggests that she is concerned about a fair trial in the Senate. Oddly, this move might allow the House to do some more work before any possible trial. Now, in theory, Pelosi could simply refuse to forward the articles to the Senate ever, I guess, though it seems likely she will at some point do so. But while this waiting game goes on, that could provide time for court cases to be resolved, which could in turn affect the Senate trial. Reading for an article by Kyle Cheney, Sarah Ferris, and John Bresnahan in Politico. Quote, Representative Earl Blumenauer says he's approached every member of House leadership about the idea, and received responses ranging from interest to outright support. He said Pelosi, in particular, indicated she was interested and considering it. As long as we have the articles of impeachment under our control, we have an opportunity to prevent a travesty, Blumenauer said. Blumenauer argued that the House could use the delay to continue to build on its evidence for impeachment, and possibly to score additional legal victories that could unlock troves of new evidence and witness testimony that the Trump administration has withheld from Congress. Some of those court cases could be decided within weeks. End quote. Next up, let's talk about what to expect at tonight's DNC debate. First off, all the technical stuff. It'll begin at 5 p.m. Pacific, which is 8 p.m. Eastern, which is actually 0100 hours on Friday in UTC for those of y'all who follow international time zone math. Okay, no more of that. The debate is sponsored by PBS NewsHour and Politico. It'll happen at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. I am assuming tickets are sold out, so you will be watching this one from home. I am now going to read a mega list of ways to watch from a summary in Politico. Quote, The debate will be carried live by local PBS stations and will be simulcast on CNN, CNN International, and CNN en Español. It will also be live-streamed across numerous PBS NewsHour, Politico, and CNN digital and social platforms, including pbs.org slash newshour, pbs.org, politico.com, and cnn.com. 
on mobile devices via CNN's apps for iOS and Android, via CNN Go and PBS video apps for Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Chromecast, and Android TV. Sirius XM channels 116, 454, and 795, and on PBS NewsHour and Politico's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. End quote. So I hope something in there works for you, because there's just not so many options these days. I don't get it. All right, so what's the format? Reading again from Politico. Quote, The debate will forego opening statements by the candidates, and will instead open with moderator questions. Candidates will be allotted 1 minute 15 seconds for responses to moderator questions, and 45 seconds for rebuttals and follow-ups. The debate will finish with minute-long closing statements for each candidate, delivered in reverse polling order from lowest to highest. There will be three breaks during the broadcast for a total of 11 minutes. End quote. And there will be seven candidates on stage. Here is the order from left to right. Yang, Buttigieg, Warren, Biden, Sanders, Klobuchar, and Steyer. If you're curious, like I have been, about what putting together a debate like this actually entails, Politico has a video series about that, plus a podcast series and a bunch of other web content. So check the show notes for all of that. And I'm going to play one clip from one of those videos that explains something we've talked about, but not for months. That is, what's up with the DNC-sanctioned debates? Like, why aren't the candidates having their own debates, and what is the overall history there? Well, in this clip, you'll hear a simple explanation. You'll hear two voices here. First is Politico Chief Washington Correspondent Ryan Lizza, and then DNC Chair Tom Perez. Listen in. If you are a presidential candidate, you may only go to a DNC-sanctioned debate. If you go to a non-sanctioned debate, you are automatically disqualified from the official DNC-sanctioned debate. Well, when I had the privilege of being elected DNC chair in 2017, my job was to rebuild trust. Back in 2008, uh, there were literally, I think, 25 to 30 debates. The sanctioned debate process was put in place in response to that reality. Well, our job is to win elections up and down the ballot. We are data-driven in coming up with our thresholds because uh, we want to make sure it's fair to everybody. So, for instance, uh, the 4% threshold in, in December, that wasn't taken out of thin air. No one who has been under 4% in the December before the first uh, caucus and primary has ever won. So this cycle, 2020, the DNC was trying to respond to two things. One, they were responding to the argument by Bernie Sanders and his supporters that the DNC had put its thumb on the scales for Hillary Clinton in 2016. And then the second thing was the Republican primaries, which were very unwieldy, huge number of candidates. Now again, there is way, way more like that. If you're into it, check out the Politico links in the show notes for vastly more behind-the-scenes content. So check this out. I know a lot of y'all are not in the U.S., and often that means you can't stream the stuff that U.S. networks stream online. And frankly, that's bogus. There is no good reason I should be able to watch the debates for free, but you can't. And that's where ExpressVPN comes in. Not only does ExpressVPN protect your privacy while you're online, it also lets you change your location as far as these streaming services are concerned. 
So when you've got debates and candidate forums and all this stuff going on, you can be sure you can get to them regardless of where you are. And yes, that also means if you're in the States and you want to watch, oh, say, the UK flavor of Netflix, you can do that too. To get on board, head over to tryexpressvpn.com slash ride. That is T-R-Y-E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash R-I-D-E. And yes, that link is in the show notes at the top. So check out tryexpressvpn.com slash ride today to find out how you can protect your privacy, change your online location, and get three months free with a one-year package. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Here's a quick item. Yet another Republican has announced his retirement from Congress. That's Mark Meadows of North Carolina's 11th District. His district is a solid Republican one, so that should not change the party balance in the next election. Having said that, tomorrow is the deadline to file to run in that race, so we might see some last-minute filings on both sides. But the point here is that Meadows will not run again in 2020. That brings the tally of Republican congressional retirements to 26, compared with nine Democrats so far. Meadows is a close ally of President Trump and has signaled that he would be open to working for the Trump administration or perhaps the re-election campaign. So expect to hear something about that at some point, either now or closer to the end of his term. Here's another quick one. Yesterday I reported that former HUD Secretary Julian Castro had not filed to be on the ballot in Vermont. This was along with Senator Cory Booker and former Representative John Delaney. Now, I was incorrect there. Castro actually did file, but there is a problem with some of the signatures on his paperwork. So the campaign plans to correct those signatures and indeed be on the ballot in Vermont. This was confirmed by the Vermont Secretary of State yesterday morning. They said that Castro has been offered extra time under a state law to fix that signature issue. To be clear, Booker and Delaney are indeed intentionally skipping the Vermont primary. All right, last of today, we're going to spend some time talking about each candidate we will see tonight. I'm going to keep this relatively brief for each. We will go through in podium order from left to right. So buckle up for seven short stories. First up, entrepreneur Andrew Yang. His most recent policy proposal was around healthcare. Released on Monday, it's called A New Way Forward for Healthcare in America. So what would the new plan do? Well, reading from an article by Alice Miranda Olstein and Eugene Daniels for Politico, quote, Yang is calling for a set of policies to bring down pharmaceutical drug costs, use technology to help rural and low-income people access care, beef up mental health, dental, vision, and reproductive health benefits, and keep lobbyists and executives out of policymaking. End quote. There are multiple useful ideas in this policy document. One of them is about drug costs, and it is called international reference pricing. Long story short, drugs should cost the same amount in all developed countries. 
And there are other notable items in there, including encouraging doctors to work in rural areas of the U.S. in exchange for paying off their student debt. So expect to hear Yang mention some of this stuff tonight. Next up, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. He wrote an op-ed for Univision on Tuesday titled, An Era Where Every Latino is Empowered and Belongs. In it, he tells the story of Rosalina and Juan Cervera, who immigrated from Mexico and now live in South Bend, Indiana, where they run an ice cream shop. He then pivots into a series of policy proposals. Reading from the op-ed, quote, Latinos are less likely to get a bank loan and more likely to live in poverty, so we will support Latino-owned businesses and Latino entrepreneurs, including investing up to $10 billion in federal capital to establish a fund for underrepresented entrepreneurs. We'll implement a $15 federal minimum wage. We will ensure equal pay and promotion for equal work because it is unacceptable that a Latina makes just 54 cents for each dollar earned by a white man, end quote. Next up, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Her latest policy proposal is titled, My Plan to Fight Global Financial Corruption. It begins by talking about corruption in Russia and other countries, then quickly pivots to President Trump's associates' use of shell companies, many of them registered in Delaware, to hide money from foreign sources. Lest we forget, there is another notable candidate in this race and on this stage who represented Delaware in the Senate for decades. That is, of course, Joe Biden. Warren's plan suggests new requirements to disclose who is actually behind every corporation. Her plan would create legislation requiring companies from other countries to disclose this information when transferring money into or out of the U.S., and she would also tackle the same problem at home. While I'm not sure whether Warren can use this as a political tool against Biden, the Delaware connection is a possibility. So watch for this idea of shell companies registered in Delaware possibly coming up tonight. Next up, former Vice President Joe Biden. I just talked about him quite a bit yesterday, so I will just read from an article he recently published about anti-Semitism. Quote, We have to fight the pernicious and persistent evil of anti-Semitism at every level of our society, starting with our political leaders. My dear friend, the late Tom Lantos, had a saying that I've quoted frequently. He said, The veneer of civilization is paper-thin. We are its guardians, and we can never rest. That means we have to stand up and speak out every time anti-Semitism rears its head, because silence can all too quickly become complicity. End quote. Next up, Senator Bernie Sanders. Now, there is a big old profile of him in BuzzFeed News that came out on Monday. It is titled, You Don't Know Bernie, and is by Ruby Kramer. It is long, and Kramer clearly spent a lot of time with Sanders. Reading from that profile, quote, The secret, it turns out, is that in addition to taking this work very seriously, Bernie Sanders also takes it very personally. The secret is that a mostly solitary man, a man who has spent most of his political career on the outskirts, who's never really fit into someone's idea of a politician, who's cast some lonely votes, fought some lonely fights, 
mounted some lonely campaigns, is now trying to win a presidential campaign, maybe his last, by making people feel less alone. This is his campaign, his theory of change, though he's done very little to explain it to a wider audience. I care less about the coverage in one sense, he says. What I care about is that someone turns on the TV, and there's someone who works at Walmart, or someone from Disney, or McDonald's, and they say, you know, that's me. He wants those people to do the talking, the people who worry about their electric bill, the people who worry if they can afford to have another kid, people for whom the idea of taking vacation he scoffs as he says the word, is not even in their imagination, even though they work all the time. In his mind, he was those people. End quote. Next up, Senator Amy Klobuchar. She released a new housing plan today. In that policy, she lays out a $1 trillion investment in what she calls housing and poverty reduction. Now, there is quite a bit to this plan, but let's pick out a few notable details. Interestingly, most of the proposal is not about housing per se, but the constellation of issues around housing, poverty and food insecurity and energy costs and more. One item in her plan is to improve automatic enrollment in existing government support programs. All too often, people don't know if they're eligible for Medicaid or SNAP or CHIP, and this plan would work with states to make sure eligible people are located and informed about what these plans can do for them. And last up, activist and billionaire Tom Steyer, who will be on the far right edge of the row of podiums tonight. One of his key issues has been impeachment of President Trump. After all, he founded the organization Need to Impeach, and he has been running pro-impeachment ads for years now. So, to be frank, much of his political focus lately has been on those impeachment proceedings. Yesterday, he released a statement after President Trump was impeached. Reading from that, quote, I started a grassroots movement more than two years ago, dedicated to holding Donald Trump accountable. Now, the 8.4 million Americans that signed our petition have had their voices heard. They knew this was a matter of principle, not politics. They knew America cannot have a president that uses the power of his office to advantage himself and obstruct justice. End quote. Well, that is it for one more episode of The Election Ride Home. I have been your host, Chris Higgins. You can always find me on Twitter, at Chris Higgins. All right, we are running long today, so I will keep this quick. Last call for debate bingo. Go to ridehome.info slash bingo to get those cards. That link is also in the show notes at the top. I'm going to get my virtual popcorn ready, feed the cat, and prepare to watch this debate. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.